On this episode of Progressive Palaver, the group discusses Marillion's This Strange Engine, Radiation, Marillion.com, and Anarachnophobia. Hi, welcome to Progressive Palaver, a group of lifelong friends and appreciators of music discussing the greatest progressive rock bands, album by album. I'm Joe Beauclair, and on this episode, I'm once again joined by my very good friends, Ken Gregory, Tom Corcoran, and Paul Zotter. In this episode, we tackle um, the next four Marillion albums in the series, This Strange Engine, Radiation, Marillion.com, and Anarachnophobia. So how do we want to deal? How do we want to deal with the next four? Do we want to deal with them individually? Do we want to throw them all into a pot and see what comes out? Do we want to just skip the whole? Thing? Well, I, I, like, I think I, I like I the idea the of comparing albums like our own. Our own like if we com- if we each complete an album made up of the songs from those four albums into one album and compare them. We'll probably cover the gamut in a more entertaining, actually going album by album. Now, now, since so, so let's let's just set the stage so everyone knows what it is we're talking about. We're talking about this strange engine from '97, radiation from '98, com from '99, and anarachnophobia in 2001. So these were the, I don't know how you want i mean i i there's so many semi-derogatory ways i could describe this this group of albums but let's just say they're the albums between afraid of sunlight and marbles and leave it at that so can when were they when were they actually dropped from emi they were dropped after afraid of sunlight i think so this strange engine was the first one that was um was released by what castle communications it says so yeah. castle did, did those three and then anarachnophobia was the one where they um well not they we paid for it which was which was a, a point of of grief with me although it and it, it may be worth talking about that for a second because you got to give Marillion credit because when I was going back and looking at the emails that started all this thing back from 2000, um, you know, and, and it must have been it must have been with with anarachnophobia. Marillion has always tried to find new ways to sort of keep themselves afloat. And I personally took offense at that because I was a stupid, angry young man, and I was just like, I want things to be normal. Why do you have to do this? But, you know, when you talk about, you know, Marillion.com, how ridiculous it is to name an album after a website, but that was sort of the start of the whole Internet thing, and they were trying to 
you know, convey the fact that, you know, they were trying to connect with their fans in a different way. Um, I read the story about anarachnophobia, and it basically came about, and I forget which album it was, but it may have been Radiation. Basically, they, they, their, their, their label went belly up or something. It couldn't afford a North American tour. So a bunch of fans got together and funded the North American tour for them. And they said, hey, we're on to something here. And so they hatched this scheme for anarachnophobia to um, to pay to for the record. Of- right, to, to pre-sell it. And, and that way they would own it themselves and they could do whatever they wanted. And it was like, you know, it just, it, it I remember being just out of my mind offended. And there's an email that, because I, Paul, did you buy Anarachnophobia? I certainly did. I pre-ordered it, yes. Yeah, you pre-ordered it. And what happened is they sent you an email <laughs> asking you to basically call up radio stations and, and promote the album. <laughs> <laughs> and and you forward me this email saying, "Isn't this great? Not only do they want us to buy it, but they want us to promote it for them too." <laughs> and you were just kind of like poking me with a sharp stick at the time, which yeah. you know was was funny. But you know, look, you know, they're not the only people who do this now. And so you know, I, I've got to give them credit for you know looking for new and different ways to to be able to stay together and do what it is that they do. And in yeah. the final analysis, they were they were trailblazers, you know. So I'll, I'll yeah, give which, them that, which is crazy. And and you know, like I don't remember Joe if you were a part of the whole thing. If you, I, I don't, I don't remember. But but I, you know, I remember when Marillion.com came out, and I thought it was genius, right? Because like the internet was was really um, just catching on from the standpoint of you know, buying things on the internet and, and, and using it in, in, in all these different ways. And the fact that they named their album Merillion.com is basically to announce that they have a website because now right. like everybody, that's the first thing you do. We're going to do a podcast. Let, we need a website. Let's get it up and running. Like, you know, not everybody, not every band had a website that, that you could do stuff. Um, in the similar time frame, I, I distinctly remember like Sarah McLaughlin, you know, saying, go to this website and you can order stuff and you would go to the website and you would have to download a form, like print out a form on the internet and fill out the form <laughs> and mail it in. I mean that, so like, so we were starting to get somewhere with like internet commerce, but, but one of the things they did was they sent out a series of emails and I remember reading these emails and they were basically making the case of why they were asking fans to pre to pre-order their album and it was all about how difficult it was for them to make money off of the of recording records and and they sort of they i remember seeing charts and graphs about you know the the level of revenues that were generated from misplaced childhood all the way up through um radiation and and basically what was happening was castle records was just cutting them a check for you know 150 grand saying here you go write an album give give us an album by by this time and we'll distribute it for you and then they were just getting some pithy little um uh royalty off of whatever sales were coming from from uh uh castle from from the sale of those records 
and they were like, well, this is crazy. There's there's five of us in the band. We're basically you know splitting 150 grand or whatever it was they were getting for each record, and they were like, there's just got to be a better way to do this, and 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 that's what really inspired me to say, yeah, I'm going to definitely pre-order this, and I was really excited about it, and I was I remember- so so thrilled when i when i got the album you know and, and then and just imagine my disappointment when i heard it um, <laughs> <laughs> but it was it yeah. uh, you're right on the money like they they were trailblazers and they did it they 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 did it in a way that i thought was very humble and um had showed humility it wasn't like okay we want you to you know order our next album and I, and I think that's a, that's part of the reason why it was so successful. Um, but they really did, you know, and I think right now, like, you know, they're like, if you, if you do music on the internet and Facebook, you'll, you'll be bombarded with these, um, music marketing manifestos and music business Institute and all these things that want to tell you how to tap into the internet and, and the world and how to market your music. And I, and I truly believe it's, it, it's, it's describing exactly what they realized back in 2000 that that they have a small base of absolutely fanatical fans that will almost do anything they'll <laughs> they'll they'll overpay for a passport and fly to holland to see you know two days <laughs> concerts um and and they they tapped into that idea and they said how how can we make this work to our advantage and and to to you know, allow us to do what we really want to do instead of, you know, trying to, you know, play this, this game with the industry. And, um, it, it, it really, it's remarkable and it, it turned out to be, you know, spectacular. All right. So, yeah. And, and uh, so- you realize we're going backwards. You started with anarachnophobia and then you did the com story. Are we <laughs> still going backwards? Cause that- does that mean we well, just I hit think, radiation? I think we're going forward too fast because isn't this for another episode? Well, I'm I'm not sure. I don't really know what we're going to do now. But I'll just say this: that that you know, like I, you mentioned that this period of time between "Afraid of Sunlight" and "Marbles," um, there's probably different derogatory terms that we could use to describe this era of of Marillion. And I've thought about it in. in and like I think of it in either the dark ages of of Marillion, or more so when Marillion sort of became, or was was experimenting with progressive adult contemporary music, um, <laughs> which is which is kind of how I feel like a lot of a, a lot of this. And again, like this period, like. I, I have so many fond memories of each one of these albums coming out. And even though, you know, like, you know, there's more that I dislike on radiation and more than I ever disliked on Merlion.com than what I liked. I have such fond memories of the songs that are just amazing on this, on these four albums. Cause there are some just killer songs. And yet, as I listened through to these, um, I, I was I was shocked at how I was like, oh yeah, I remember that song. Okay, that's that's fine. Move on. Um, and surprisingly, of all of them, dot com was the one that enamored me the most in this uh, in this uh, four four album stretch. 
Yeah, and it's it's funny because as I was going through this, I had, you know, I, I in real time I remember, I remember not getting this strange engine. I remember liking radiation. I remember thinking dot com was a steaming pile of dog poo, and anarachnophobia, for lack of a better phrase, confused the hell out of me. And as I went back and, and started listening to, to this section, what I uh, what I feel now is none of these albums are awful. None of these albums are great. Um, I think each one of, well, this Strange Engine, not so much, but certainly the other three have their own sort of sonic or tonal limitations. And, and really, it's just like, there's nothing. They're, they're they're there. When I when I get into a Marillion fix, it's like flavor in the soup. But unless it's not like I ever you know wake up one day and go, wow, I got to put on Marillion.com. I need to hear that album. It's like when when I'm in a Marillion mood, it's like you know it, it's it's the lettuce on the sandwich. You know you can take it or leave it. It doesn't really matter. Um, you know you can have a sandwich with it. You can have a sandwich without it. Yeah, whatever. You know, it's all good. Um, I don't know, man. Lettuce, lettuce is pretty important to me on the sandwich. Yeah, well, <laughs> not, not, not so much for me. So, um, so yeah, you know, I, 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 this this section of the catalog listened a lot better than I anticipated it to. But at the same time, I there wasn't in, there wasn't there wasn't a moment like afraid of sunlight or. 95% of marbles um, uh, in here. So, so Ken, you hatched the scheme last night of taking these four albums yeah. and, and making making an album out of it. So, why don't why don't you go first? I mean, um, I'm assuming with this strange en engine um, that um, there are two tracks. That welling there. Uh, that th this is an exercise in salvage. Man of a thousand faces. I think because it shows up in the live sets. I think they've proved themselves with that. And the title track I find to be a masterpiece. So wow. do, do we have agreement on <laughs> on those two? <laughs> Let's uh -oh. just talk about uh the title track for a second. I want to hear this. Oh, uh, the title track is, is, is absolutely amazing. Uh, it's just, 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 uh, I can hear the lyrics. I, I buy the lyrics, a lot of imagery. Um, I love the purple smoke of the motorbike and oh, I love it. kid walking I love it. around. I don't know what happens to the guy that he's singing sweet Jesus in the middle of the song. I don't know what this thing is. I don't know what kind of trauma he experiences, but I buy it. And if it, if anything, the end, you know, is a little long, but it plays out nicely live. And I'm I, I I'm I'm with the title track, hook, line, and sinker. Wow. So like, I knew. I think what happened with the title track for me is, I think I knew when we were going to Holland to see them. They, I knew they were going to play this whole album in its entirety. So I thought, okay, well, I'm going to hear this strange engine live. I better really kind of get into it. And I remember, and and like, and it's funny, Ken. Everything that you just described, 
is everything that I love about this strange engine, which is to say Steve Hogarth. Like, he, his melodies, his lyrics, the way he communicates the story, even though I, I don't, I can't really follow it 100%, is, it is so, uh, it's just so artistic and so beautiful. And the melodies are just, they stick with you. Um, the problem that I have with the song is just like musically, I, I, I swear, I feel like they just left the studio. They left Hogarth in there with <laughs> like 20, 20, 20 pieces of tape or 20 pieces of wave files. And they said, here, good luck. And, and he somehow, <laughs> like, he somehow just kind of was like through all these changes, just wrote these amazing melodies over them and, and, and did them. And, and this is like, I, th I think one of the first like lengthy pieces that they've done where they've just kind of said, eh, you know what? Transitions aren't that important. We can just <laughs> go right from here to the next part. Um, and there are a couple good transitions, but for the most part, it just, the song just meanders kind of like my comments here. Um, they just kind of <laughs> ramble and they're totally disjointed. And I think he saves the song, but I, 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 I wouldn't save it. You know, if I was making an album out of these four, I don't think I'd include the strange engine. Oh, okay. All right, Joe. Uh, this strange engine is is funny. I was as I was thinking about this episode, I was and and again I was drawing sort of my my structure of, of everything, and you know this strange engine was you know the the first album is in this uncharted territory, and um, so so there are some some differences about it, and it's like okay you know hey we can do this or we can go over here and do that, and then. You, what what is so? I just found it funny as I was listening to it because I had kind of forgotten a lot about about the title track. And what is, if you believe the internet, apparently the title track is autobiographical about Hogarth, so he's your guy. But it's about what maybe a third of the way through the song, and all of a sudden Mark Kelly whips out a Fugazi keyboard solo, and you're just like. <laughs> 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 you know, we haven't heard that in 15 years, but all right, that works. You know, it's just, but I think, you know, to Paul's point, it, it, it comes out of nowhere and then it goes away and you're just like, what was that? You know, um, but on, on that end. Oh, you, on, you could say the same thing about the sax solo, whatever the hell that is. Yeah. Yeah. That's a shock. So it, in, in, in terms of, of this album, you know, in constructing my own, I, there was enough about this strange engine and I never really got it until Holland. And there was something about that performance that sort of resonated for me. And I'm like, okay, I got it. And so I, I picked this strange engine and one fine day, one fine day just works for me. I, I'd like, I like, I like the, uh, I like the melody there. I like the, the message of the song. I like the, the overall feel of it. So those were my two. Oh, oh wait! I also have I also have Estonia's on. Yes. On this, right? So Estonia, yeah. Estonia. Oh good. Is, oh good. Estonia is yeah. one of mine. 
that I think that song is is just so beautiful. Yeah, it really is. Even though Good. again, it's one of those it's one of those heavy subject matter things. Yeah, it's about that ferry that sank and only one guy lived. You know, like eight hundred people drowned on this ferry, and you know, it's like, geez, that's bleak. But it's a beautiful yeah. song. Yeah. If you don't, if you don't necessarily know the backdrop of the story of the song, it's um, you wouldn't you wouldn't know. I think it's it's still very powerful and still very like emotional, um, but not quite as dark. Um, right. I, I, I think it, it to me it always it always played like you know death is a part of life and it's not a bad thing. Yeah. It's it, it's very peaceful in 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 my mind to to those that have gone um, from this world, and it makes me wonder. You know, it, it you know it says that it was written by Hogarth after he met this one survivor, and I just yeah I I imagine what that conversation must have been like and what that what that must have been like. But I think it to me I think I think in the long run I think that's my favorite song on on this. Uh, this album, I'm down with "Man of a, of a Thousand Faces" as well. I think that's a that's just a cool track, and the the end part of it is is, is you know the whole extended ending is really great. So, are those your two from this? Uh, yes, those are my two. And and just as an aside, so Joe, that when you were here and we saw Merlin, and we we met Ken and Glenside, and we were we saw Merlin, and then the next morning, I think we had. Breakfast at McDonald's because the diner was was too crowded. Yeah, little, you dropped me off, little, took off, and I, I I went right down into the basement, grabbed my guitar, and started playing uh, "Man of a Thousand Faces." For some reason, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know why. Nice, <laughs> very nice. All right, I mean, Tom, what are your? I don't know how you could come up with a anything other than "Man of a Thousand Faces" in Estonia. I mean, I, those are just. Um, uh, out of this world. Um, I'll tell you, um, I'm at a loss of the title of the CD because I, uh, my CD collection's in my attic somewhere. But Estonia, um, soon after Strange Engine, they came out with like some sort of like a remix album. Uh, kind of yeah. like what they did when they did that acoustic thing recently. And they completely, they had someone come in and do remixes of these songs where it was a, there was like a, a almost like a dance backbeat. Um, it was like a pulse under the whole thing, and it, right. I have to say, I think that is the most one of the most genius uh, Merlion albums. I mean, and the thing there's one Merlion album that I've listened to more than anything else, and it's that one. And I can't remember the goddamn name of the album, <laughs> but but it's um, it's called Tales from the Engine Room. Tales from the Engine Room. Okay. Wow. Uh, and it's it's just it's haunting when you hear and Estonia is one of the bright parts about this because it's really haunting. It really grips you. I mean, you're just kind of with all the problems that we talk about with dynamics and this, that, and the other, and a high and low. This sort of just grip grabs you and like you you just take off. It's it's a great CD to listen to when you're on the road, um, and it's just Marillion with um this pulse groove and um 
Estonia and you know a lot of the you know the Strange Engine stuff is on there. It's not just Strange Engine. I think that's on there, but um, it's uh, it's 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 a wonderful CD. And uh, I guess going back a little bit, I guess the problem with that I had with sort of lumping these four CDs together is that I don't see them all as being sort of mediocre. I think if you compare the two. You compare Strange Engine, I've, I've always thought was a strong album. Um, Radiation, not so much. And then, you know, obviously, you know, Merlin.com was a disaster. And then, um, <laughs> you know, um, you know, I loved, actually. Um, I think that was a, a, a strong uh, CD. So I know here I am again skipping around, um, but it's, I don't. Uh, Compared to marbles, I agree with you guys. I mean, these aren't these don't compare to marbles. It's one thing that we can probably all agree on. But um, to say that these four CDs are sort of you know the dark ages of you know Marillion, um, I don't know. Yeah. I will say, um, and I, I feel guilty about it, but I you know I I just I've not been a big fan of Marillion you know live over the years when you know when we were in uh, Amsterdam. And they played that. I mean, I had to go outside for a smoke. I mean, I was just like, "Get me out of here!" I mean, I, I, I just, um, I, I just couldn't sit through the whole album. Um, they a lot of times they, they they played "Strange Engine" from start to finish. Um, oh, 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 yeah, 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 yeah. That, that would be uh, rough. And we, yeah, we <laughs> separated. You know, so we the three of us show up there, and we somehow separated. And I was like. Um, it was in my last days of smoking, and I sort of went out and had like three cigarettes in a row. I, I listened to it, obviously. I was right outside the main doors, but um, I, I just I couldn't. Um, I liked the album more than the live concert, which is the exact opposite of what we were talking about. Brave, but, yeah, or whatever. Um, so, so it's, uh, I, I, I sort of um, contradict myself when I say uh, I really like Strange Engine, but. Again, I, I wasn't able to just sit through the whole concert um, when they went from start to finish. But so I'm getting. Um, huh? I'm sorry. Are you saying that, it, like, and these four and these four uh, albums is this Strange Engine your favorite of the four? I would or say do you think that it's the best of the four. I would. I would. I would. I would. But um, skipping ahead to Radiation. Um, under the Sun is probably one of my favorite songs. It was it's the um, well Estonia is, is up there. Um, Under the Sun is probably uh, maybe the my, my top two or three and of of the bunch. Um, that is just such a rocking song. It's like modern and it sort of has this like modern feel, but it's. Some great musicianship there, of course, with everything they do. But then you have this really powerful uh, chorus that that comes in, and Hogarth sounds wonderful. Um, it's just he just he just he just bellows this this wonderful chorus, and it's sort of like to me, Under the Sun is the epitome of Marillion, where you have these great musical moments, but yet it comes out with this incredible chorus um, that actually makes the whole thing palpable. And um, 
uh, that is Under the Sun is, is one of my favorite songs um, in on an album that, you know, Radiation, I think we all agree, is not one of their best albums. But like Paul, you said, um, they, these albums have gems in them, and uh, they, they, they shouldn't be overlooked. Uh, but uh, for me, you know, under the sun is is that is 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 one of those moments. Sorry, I, I completely skipped around and talked about something. I, that you got. Dude, I'm I'm down I'm down with under the sun, um, as being I'm I'm totally with you and and even I think at this go around I didn't even want to put under the sun on there because it was just so obvious. But yet, and yet, somehow today, w without any prompting whatsoever, I couldn't get it out of my head. I was walking around all day today, humming "Under the Sun," and I'm. I was like, "Yeah, I mean, you just you can't deny it. You can't deny it. It's great." It really is a well-crafted song, you know. It's well, and, and not only that, but you know, to to do the insider joke bit, one of sort of the the the, the icing on the cake for "Under the Sun" with me is it always makes me think of surfing in Topeka, which makes me feel warm and fuzzy inside. Yeah. Just nice. from a yeah, although point I do, I do kind of, I do kind of, it's like, all right, get, just stop, stop it with the global warning, warming, like, lyrics. Like, we get it, right? It's global warming, we know. Like, I, I think, are we all, aren't we all on board with that? Do we still have to sing rebel songs about global warming? I mean, I guess this was what in the '90s, but still, yeah, this was like, uh, get over it already. We already did a whole album about Seasons End. Let's just move <laughs> on. Uh, you know, I never got Seasons End until recently, um, but it's a real treat uh, to finally get Seasons End. Uh, uh, I, I, I'll take your point, Paul. Though, yeah, true, true, and uh, they've covered that ground. Still a great hey, song, but, but I mean. Seasons end and re and um, under the sun, two totally different perspectives on it. So, yeah, I'll I'll give him that. In, it's on my list. It's under the sun is on my list for sure. What else is on? I know what else is on your list from radiation because it's the same as what is on mine. Three minute boy, that's the one. Yeah, I, I you know I mean that. Talk about obvious, you know. And, and it's funny because, as much as I like that song, there's there are certain discontinuities in the in the narrative that sort of disconcert me. But I've come to accept some of those when Steve throws them at me. Um. But but yeah, I, I kind of struggled. Let's have an before. example, Joe. Give us an example there. Well, it just. So the the first verse, you know, establishes, you know, here's our one hit wonder who wrote a song and became famous. And then there's this girl who made a film he almost remembered and somehow they hook up and then he runs away and starts banging everybody in the world on tour. But it doesn't flow that smoothly, I think in the song i you know i just it it there there are some there are some parts of that that just don't line up i don't think you know and i'm looking for too much out of a three and a half minute song perhaps 
but I don't think the the connection between the the two main characters is really established in, in a way that makes sense to me. Right, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah, I enjoy. Um, I I enjoy the interplay. So one of the things like about Three Minute Boy that used to drive me nuts is um is the se the segue in between like the regular part of the song and then the end part where the, he goes into all the yodeling and everything like that. Yeah. It's like it's going along and then all of a sudden it's just like this really rocking like right and then as I'm reading up on radiation they said that they were experimenting and they were trying to make segues in songs by splicing other parts of other songs on the album yeah. and inserting them into into that and I thought wow I, I would love to go through the whole rest of the album and try to figure out how they did that, but I can't bear to listen to the whole album. So um, I haven't been able to, haven't been able to do it. Um, but it, it sort of it, it sort of was like, okay, well, that's probably why that that segue is so so drastic um, that it does that. But it's also of this whole. I mean, I'm not sure. Um, you know, this song is has been consistently played on tour by them yeah. for a long time. Ever since this album came out, every time I've seen them live, I think they've played it. So, um, it's it's definitely a, it's definitely got the stuff that to last. It must be about someone or something. I mean, I'm not catching any good stories. Did you guys hear any more about the background between uh, about Three Minute Boy? Not at all. I didn't come no. across it. The only other thing I noted in my research for radiation is that is that um, apparently they were utilizing a different approach to mixing, which <laughs> left the recording often sounding flat and tinny. Which <laughs> <laughs> really, like they needed a new approach to record, you know, to you know get the same effect, I guess. Um, um, actually, the other piece, the other piece of information that I thought was really crazy, and if you don't mind me jumping ahead, well, I, I shouldn't jump ahead. Maybe you guys have other uh, candidates from Radiation, but one of my favorite songs um, through this entire grouping of of albums was actually recorded during the Radiation sessions, but saved for .dot com, which I which I didn't know before. I don't know if "saved" is the right word, but yeah, so. So, Tom, what actually you already handled under the sun? Did you have anything else from Radiation that you would put on uh, the Salvage album? Not that would be my, you know, not that even comes close to that song. I mean, there's a bunch of runners up that that, that you guys already talked about, but um, you know, I will say that this this is a fun little exercise to do. Um, but, and I remember um, back in the, the same time frame, and I'm sorry, i got to talk about King's X just for a second, but when Tapehead came out and then Mr. Bulbous, they, each album really was a disaster, but like each, it had like half, half the songs were great. And I remember saying to myself, God, this would be a, a fantastic record if you took the best songs of Tapehead and the best songs of Mr. Bulbous and, and put them together. Be, 
a really good King's X CD. Um, and, you know, here we are talking about doing this with, uh, you know, <laughs> these CDs. But, um, mm. um, you know, I, I will, um, I don't know how far ahead you want to get, but I, I don't know why. I, I, I totally disagree with you guys about um, anarachophobia. I mean, I, I think it's a very solid CD. Um, you know, maybe the end sort of uh, has the typical, um, you know, fall off <laughs> a, a little bit of, uh, you know, the sort of Merlian fall off. But, um, I, I think, um, um, I'm sorry, I'm completely skipping by Merlian.com. Were, were we even going to talk about that CD or were we going to go? Well, well, Candy, we'll, we'll, candy, we'll get. Candy, oh, we do have, you have to. anything to offer from radiation? What's that? I wanted Ken. to know if Ken had any other songs to offer up from radiation than oh. than uh, Under the Sun and Three Minute Boy. Um, um, I really didn't delve too deep. I thought maybe a few words for the dead might have redeeming parts, but no, I'd rather jump on to the next one. Well, I want to I, I want to stay on radiation for just one minute because it, it it's kind of funny. I I don't know which one of you coined the phrase back in the day, but there there was the phrase that was bouncing around that was called Joe music, and <laughs> and and one day after. I had readjusted my life again and, and dusted off my stereo. I had, I had taken to having music playing after work while I was preparing dinner when the kids would come over. And after a couple of weeks of this, we're sitting down at the table and Carter looks at me and says something along the lines of, all of your music's similar. He's like, there's, it's kind of spacey, but there's a little bit of sinisterness to it. <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> not bad, son. Very well. <laughs> and, and so along those lines, I didn't put it on my list, but and it, it fits so firmly in this category. I, I'm I toyed with the idea of putting Cathedral Wall on here because it has some of that sort of feel to it. So I just wanted to throw that in there because. I just, I, I, I get a kick out of that story from Carter with the, you know, little undertone of sinisterness. I just think that's funny because he's absolutely right. So that being said, now we can go on to, uh, to dot com and Paul and Ken can go on their go kick. Oh, yeah. Merlion.com is, is the 11th studio album <laughs> by the British neo progressive rock Merlion. <laughs> Uh, released October 1999 uh, by a combination of their own label, Intact Records, and distributed by Castle Communications. It was the last of the three recordings the band made on a contract with uh, Castle. Uh, let me see here. So, um, well, it did have some charting, you know, nothing major, uh, but it was recorded at the Racket Club, as we know, uh, between 1998 and 1999. Uh, and that, that really was uh, an infantile period for the internet. Uh, things didn't work the way they do now, and it was kind of a big deal. Uh, I, I do appreciate the name in hindsight. Um, oh, okay. Tumbled Down the Years and Interior Lulu were recorded and mixed during the recording sessions for Radiation. Paul, why don't you take it from there? Sure. 
So, um, before, yeah, so one of the tracks that I would include, so interestingly, I have included the most tracks on the Salvage album um, from Dot Com. Really? And yeah, and so I have three to offer up, but the first one that I'll offer up is Tumble Down the Years, which is, I think. I think above all my favorite song from this entire era that we're discussing of these, of these four albums, I have always and still just absolutely love this song. Really? Yeah. It's credited to uh, Helmer for the lyrics. Yeah. And, and there, there are a had... lot of numbers in this album. Say again, Joe. There are a lot of Helmer lyrics on .com, if oh, I recall. Yeah, yeah. Like, like I get that this has a lot of like Beatles kind of, but I just it is just so gorgeous, and you know I just I saw about the song that just like turns my head around. I love it. I love it. So. Yeah, that's definitely one, definitely one that uh, I would stick on the salvage. I'll have to listen to it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm only gonna. I, I, I'm, I'm only salvaging go and house. I'm a real, real sucker for house. And you, 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 I don't know. Maybe for, maybe for you guys, it's just another. Kind of ten-minute sloppy lesser version of Strange Engine, I guess. But it does seem autobiographical. It, it touches me in places, and uh, Hogarth is allowed to venture into uh, a little bit of uh, jazz or easy listening. It would seem it's kind of a nice little diversion for me. Um, but I'll, yeah, Paul, why, why don't you, <laughs> why don't you continue with with the ones that you'll take? So, so. Ken, while while you're listening to Tumble Down the Years two two and a half times, I will listen to House to try to make an <laughs> assessment on that one. I think right now House, the biggest problem for me with the song House is that it comes after the 15 minute epic Interior Lulu, which I don't think I've ever gotten through, um, at least not consciously. No. Right. So I, I I think that could that could be the problem. So let's just talk about Go for a second. I think Go. Go should be my favorite song of this era. That song is just fucking epic. It is just an epic tune. And it is this great spacey guitar riff. Um, and just just a wonderful vocal melody with such... You know, when you think about how awful... Not awful... But if you think about the, the time that this band was having, they really weren't getting much success. They were really struggling to find, you know, where things fit. The, the, the lyrics and the melody and the whole mood of this song is just so positive and great. And even the title with the exclamation point, Go. I, I just love it. And the end with uh, Wide Awake on the Edge of the, of the World is just yes, I yes, think it's yes. brilliant. Uh, I I agree yep. um, with this song. I agree, Paul. I agree with you. Um, this is one of my favorite songs. Um, probably this would be in the top five. Uh, 
But I disagree with you guys on Interior Lube. I mean, I, I'm surprised. I don't know. I, that that was one of my high points of the of Merlion.com. I'm, that 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 was going to make my list. This and go. <laughs> um, wow. I don't know. I, I that's, that's the beauty of the exercise, Tom. Yeah, yeah. But uh, go really. Have is. they done either of those live? Um. Not that I know, but um, well, didn't they do? I, I, did they do dot com in one of the Merlion weekends after we saw them? I want to say I don't know. I don't know. I don't know that. I don't know. Hmm. I, I want to say it was obviously one of the ones we didn't go to, but I want to. I want to say that one of the years they they were going to do dot com, and and I seem to recall at least Paul, you and I making several cracks about it. But <laughs> yeah, well, okay. So I don't know if they did the whole thing, but there is an album called Size Matters, which is a, a, a recording of live shows from one of their weekends. And Interior Lulu is track one on the second disc. So there you go. There you go. Oh, Tom, Tom, tell us what what is it we're looking for in Interior Lulu? Is there a, a peak we got to know about? No, I, I'm so mesmerized with Go right now. I can't. Um, <laughs> this, this is. I, I, I do listen to this song um, a lot, actually. Uh, when I want uh, a Marillion fix, I, I do listen to Go. And I think, much like Under the Sun, it sort of has the pieces of Marillion that I've, I, I've, I've just come to love, where you have the. Uh, beautiful melody and, and lyrics and you have just um an instrumentation that is well thought out and just rich and then i mean that chorus at the end is uh i mean i'm, I'm a sucker for these long strung out uh, melodic choruses um and to have that sort of recycle at the end is um is uh it just gets me every time. So I mean, I, I would probably say more about Go than I would in Terry Lulu. But I, I, I do. I mean, the other one is is uh, it it just has the best Merlion uh, without really getting into the the specifics. Um, it's it's just really the highlights of Merlion. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Wide awake at the edge of the world. Um, it, it, it's a mantra, like uh, Hogarth and the, the combination of Hogarth, Helmer sometimes, um, but they come up with a line that's long enough to be called a mantra that's repeatable and, it, and they can deliver it very well each time they repeat it. I thought one of the weird things about the 80s style, about the original Fish style, was that they'd get to the end of the song and he would be repeating one word or one phrase or something to kind of take you to the outro. So I, 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 I love, you know, the, the later material where there's a bit more of a, a message in, in the outro. That's, exactly. That's, that's uh, a characteristic. You bring up a good point because um, um, Fugazi does that. And actually, the other day we were talking about when we were in Amsterdam and everyone started singing along. Um, when they were listening to Vagazi, it was the, that end chorus 
where are the poets, where are the visionaries or whatever. Um, that's one of those big Marillion moments with the, with, with the chorus um, that, that really stands out. And um, that's what Go does, but it's much more of a mellow and, and, and textured song than, than, than Fugazi. I mean, they're sort of different animals. Yeah. It's hard to, it's hard to really compare Fugazi and, and, and go, but, um, they well, do. They, yeah. I mean, they, they, they do have <laughs> those really big, uh, choruses at the end that you only hear at the end. And it's just so satisfying when you hear it because it's so well done. It's just, it's, uh, it just gets you. To, you kind of wish you were hearing it. I mean, I mean, for Gazi, I wish. Gosh, I, I want to hear the, more of this. I want to hear this chorus more. But I guess the whole purpose of it, it, it's, it leaves you wanting more, which is something we said for that. So, um, yeah. I guess uh, I'm always wanting to hear more when I hear "Go," because the last bit um, always gets me. But that's why I listen to it so much. <laughs> that's why I'm always listening to "Go" twenty <laughs> times over again. Um, so I guess there, there's something to be said for, um, having less than what you want because you're always kind of going back for more of it. So, um, uh, so th I guess those would be the only common thread for, yeah. for, for hey, those. But. So, so Ken, I have a question, not, not to sidetrack us or, or go it backwards, but, but, you know, when you think about the, the mantra and the grouping of words that could be considered a mantra, could you consider this grouping of words, a mantra. Uzi's on a street <laughs> corner. <laughs> it's a good example. I mean, it, 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 there were there were these things that came out of the the fish era that were just endemic of the eighties and not quite being adult songwriters quite yet. But yeah, yeah, yeah. You make yeah. a point. <laughs> And the, it's like I it's just so funny because I like you're right on the money with your comment about the end of go being a mantra and it's like that's the, that's the kind of stuff that I, I've never even thought about before it's it's so right on it's great you know none of us brought up rich uh, so I was just about to bring up rich that's really? on my list oh yeah. okay because okay. that is a, that's a good one too I mean it's uh, Gosh, here we are all talking about Marillion.com when we all were talking crap about it. So um, maybe we like it more than we thought we did. You know? We're all salvaging different uh, different pieces of it. Um, yeah, I it it is go go rich and tumble down the years are usually the the three songs that I listen to. Well, I will also listen to built-in bastard radar, but more on that later. Um, the I, I really again, Rich. For me, it's a great melody. It is. It's a s extremely positive song. I there's just. I mean, it's it's a pretty it's a pretty basic concept, you know. But it's one that that I found like penetrates like ex existence on a regular basis. That you know, um, reality um, is what we rise above. That we don't see the world as things are we see the world as we are and it just is continuously um true and i and i just love i love the i love the song so i put that on i don't know how you guys you know i don't know if you guys str feel strongly enough to put that on the salvaged album i i, I almost 
I almost did. In fact, mm. my I was at I was at a band concert for Aiden last night, and he was done. We were outside waiting in the lobby for him to come out when we were having this text conversation, and my initial reaction was that Rich was going to be on there because I had just listened to dot com earlier yesterday, and. There's something about the, the lyrics and the message in that, that that resonates with me. But the more I thought about it, the more I, I, I just couldn't because there's... Rich, Rich is one of the two songs on here that suffer from misplaced instrumentation. I huh. don't know where the saxophone came from. I can't deal with the saxophone. And I just... That was that was enough to take it off for Is me. There's sax, there's saxophone and rich. Yeah, in the very beginning. I never re I never heard saxophone before. Where is it? Where is it then? Uh, maybe that is a saxophone. I always thought it was just a keyboard. No. Go to, um, it's in one of those. One of those? I don't know. Well, you know, is the it, thing it, that gets me about deserve? it... Is it deserved? Is at the end here. Like... Did they not? Did they not know that reverb was available for the toms on the drums during this part? It just—it sounds like they're they're smacking on the desk. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know where the I, I don't know where the saxophone is in that song, Joe. Where is, where is is it? In, is it on Deserve? Maybe I'm confusing myself. Maybe it's Deserve. It's Deserve. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, there's no mistaking it there. No mistaking. Right. So, so maybe Rich does get on my on my list because um, I, I do like that. But so I guess the point I was trying to make, and I got myself all twisted up. Deserve has the the misplaced saxophone, and um, what is it at the end? It is it House that has the, House the weird has muted, massive the muted saxophone, trumpet. but it also has the muted trumpet, doesn't it? Probably. So, yeah. you know, when when you talk about symphonic instruments in popular music, there are three things that are almost guaranteed to garner my attention. Orchestra chimes, oboes, and muted trumpets. <laughs> Put those in, I'm probably going to buy off on it. But for whatever reason... You're missing one. The, 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 the saxophone and the trumpet in, in dot .com just grates on my nerves i just huh. i want no part of it hmm. interesting so um okay so we have one vote for rich one you know possibly because just because we realize it doesn't have saxophone right ken and tom how do you guys feel about rich in this uh in the salvage pile uh, well, i i i i <laughs> I give up. Tom, it's all you. <laughs> well, 
Go would be a first, uh, a definite first for me. Do, do we have that for I think, a first? I think Go is in. I think we've all. I think we all agree on Go. Um, I would. I would vote for Rich. Yeah, yeah, for for number two. Uh, I mean, I do like Interior Lou, but um, I have. Um, I'm I'm pretty partial to them both, even though they're completely different songs um style and, and everything else um i i could i could be sold on rich over interior lulu well i don't know ken go ahead uh i don't know that we need to sell anybody on on it you know what do you think ken I I I I just I I I would lobby for House, but uh, um, uh, I I'm just too ahead of my time. I think I think in a few years you guys will come around House. <laughs> you think so? <laughs> you just need another right. decade, guys. So I'm 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 crossing I'm crossing Rich off. So this is a fascinating this is a fascinating one because we all agree on Go, but we have as you know all of us kicking around other opportunities rich tumble down the years house interior lulu and, I, and any anything else I, from dot com i also had enlightened on my list enlightened yes so that's so every have, song on uh, <laughs> except because that crummy saxophone wow maybe we're giving dot com uh, a bad rap here well and and i i had texted paul late last week and I, I believe my text said something along the lines of dot com doesn't suck because hmm. I was as surprised as anybody yeah so that's six between all of us there's six songs that we all like enough to consider putting in the salvage pile dot com maybe maybe it might be the best best one of the gang here I don't know <laughs> I don't know if I'd go that far so let's, um, let's Let's um, I'm on. becoming concerned that that your daughter is stranded somewhere. That you that that. Um, last I asked, um, she asked to stay till nine thirty because she had a paper due at her nice. friends. But you know what? I should double that's, check. So uh, I think that's you. now. Is it isn't is that now? Nine thirty four. <laughs> oh Christ on crutches! <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> Let What's me it, let, let me check the contribution. See. All right, just hold on for one second. Let me let me oh. let me find out what the hell's going on. Hold on. Tom's video is paused too, in, in the most precarious picture. I believe that's. I can't ceiling. believe I'm going to have to go back and listen to .com again. Oh my god. <laughs> it's uh, it's amazing. Now, one of the things that I find funny about this. Listening to these albums is, since I'm usually not listening on a good sound system like I was back in the day. You know, normally, yeah. I'm in I'm in the minivan or or you know at my desk with my little earbuds or whatnot. You know the the sonic limitations of these seem much less egregious than it was back when I had you know the the Carver amp and the, the infinity speakers and this, that, and the other thing. And it's like, you know, I have to wonder if it's just, you know, sort of lowering the bar on huh. how you evaluate these you know, things. Funny. It's funny you say that Joe, cause for me, hey, guys, I'm at, sorry. Uh, I gotta go. <laughs> <laughs> cool. I'm, in, right. uh, I'm in the hot house here. 
Um, Mucho, what are your keepers from uh, from anarachnophobia? Real quick. Oh, um, hold on. I uh, it's def. I think it's the twenty uh, first century, and then I really love quartz, but I love that single man. I love. What was that single that they had? Um, it just had the greatest chorus. Hold Between on. You and me or Map of yeah. the World? Oh, no, Between no, you no. And me. The world. No, it was um, uh, Map of the World. God, what a beautiful oh. chorus. I, yeah. I would have to say Map of the World and uh, I'm going to say I had this weird relationship with Quartz. It's kind of odd. I don't um, it, it's it's not like a typical song that I would sort of that would sort of rise to the top, but I'm going to say Quartz and Map of the World. Ah, huh. but um, all right, all right. Anyway, go, uh, go get your daughter. That would probably be my most solid. Uh, the, I think that's their most solid CD of the four. But anyway, um, oh, I gotta well, go. What? <laughs> what, 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 what we'll do, Tom, is, is next time we do this, we'll have you call in for a 15-minute rant on anarachnophobia. Just so you can put, <laughs> no. put the period on that. All right. All right. All right. We, we, got, we, got, we got to talk about doing a fish episode. Cause, uh, we will. Uh, Don't worry. Uh, I, I, when I put out the schedule, I, I realized that was, that was an omission, and I believe I've mentioned it several times. It just I haven't updated the schedule. We'll take care of fish. Don't worry. All right. All right, guys. Well, listen, this was fun. And, um, yep. Uh, we'll be doing it again soon, I'm sure. Cool. cool. Thanks, man. All right, guys. Later, Good talking to you. Later. All right. Okay. So, so um, oh, sorry. Sorry, Joe. No, I, I just, I, 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 I find it funny that, that Tom, apparently really, really wants to say great things about anarachnophobia, and he, he didn't have the opportunity to do so. Um, you know, I, <clears throat> you know, we, we kind of already touched on, on this album. Um, it's, it's a strange album. I'm not going to say it's bad. It, it's like all the other, the other three. It's not bad. It's not good. There are some things in there that I like, but you know, it's just, I remember when it came out, it was just like, what is this? <laughs> I, I, I bought it used, and it was stamped uh, for promotion only. If you know what I mean? Yep. Yeah. It was, it, yeah. Yeah. So, so I, I had the so feeling the radio that, didn't want it. <laughs> yeah. It, it, it wasn't a big seller in the States, you know, but I, I found some morsels to appreciate on there for sure. Yeah. So, 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 Ken, what are your morsels? Ah, uh, I, I just navigated away from that page. All right, let me get back here. Um, <laughs> I, I was trying to figure out if I had heard this is the 21st century live, um, or if it was just me YouTubing where I heard it live. But, but I think that won me over on the YouTubes. This is the 21st century. Um. Uh, Quartz I'll take and Map of the World gets me. Um, I'm not sure about when I meet God. Um, it might be, might, might have some merits in there. Uh, you know, but I think Map of the World, as, as Tom pointed out, and 
somewhere along the way, this is the 21st century just grabbed me. And I don't even know what it's about. Maybe you guys can explain it to me. Yeah, it's, it's, this is the 21st century is, is kind of, it's on my list as well. And one of the things I like about that is I, I believe, and I, I don't recall exactly, but it's, it's dealing with, you know, the whole idea of, of, you know, science sort of replacing religion and everything's explained. So there's, there's no mysteries in the world and the impact that can then have on sort of the human psyche, if you will, you know, when, when you remove all of the mystery from life and you explain everything, what's the point? No. Okay. Huh. So, you know, for me, I had, I had 21st century, I had courts even, and, and Paul, apparently you're, you're looking at the same things I'm looking at, you know, despite the, the, generously labeled rap section in that <laughs> which i don't know if i would call it that but quartz does you know i i i i like quartz and i have um when i meet god because you know again hogarth has this ability to sort of deal with subjects that i find fascinating in a way that i find compelling so you know that's that kind of is what what drives me but you know i think from from a song point of view map of the world is is exceptional and you know you could almost you know there again if you want to start drawing these sort of connecting lines back to previous works as sort of practice pieces you know that almost goes back to holidays in eden in a certain on a certain level yeah you know, that was, it, you know, he wrote with Nick Van Eed, right? Uh, Map of the World. Yeah. Yeah. So it's funny. So Map of the World. So let me just like, take a quick trip down memory lane. Um, my version of anarachnophobia, and I, I actually, I don't think it's, I thought it was handy. I just saw it. Um, because I was one of the lucky 12,000 who pre-ordered it or 16,000 or however many of us did that. I received a pretty in-depth book, booklet, and and like advanced type of jewel case for anarachnophobia, and all kinds of stuff in there. With the the liner notes were great, and one of the things talked about how Map of the World was written, and you know it talked about how Hogarth was you know had this melody, and he had this he had the 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 crux of the of the matter was that. He hadn't finished the song. He was stuck, and he decided to go on holiday to meet with this other dude, whose name I already forgot. Um, and he went on holiday to some beach, and was working with him a little bit. And it was on this holiday that he, that he they worked it out, and they finished "Map of the World." And and you know, I, I think "Map of the World" is a beautiful song, but it you know it is not. It's not going to, you know, make my list um, to, to salvage. And I remember reading that story thinking, like, what the fuck? I gave these guys, you know, my 20 bucks. And, and fucking Hogarth goes and takes a vacation with it. You know, he's supposed, to be writing, he's supposed to be writing a song. And he goes on vacation instead. And he has to get someone else to write the song with him. So, 
So I remember <laughs> just feeling funny about that. And it, you know, and again, to Marillion's credit, after this whole thing happened and after this whole thing went down, they sent surveys to all of the people who, who bought, who pre-ordered Anarachnophobia and asked for feedback. And they said, we thought this went really well. We want to do it again. And we want to know what you thought. And I shared that feeling that I had with them that when I read this story, I was like, what did I pay for? You know, I thought I was paying for them to fund this album. And meanwhile, I'm, I'm, I'm funding Steve Hogarth's holidays um, at the <laughs> beach. So, so I always have a funny feeling about Map of the World, even though the chorus is just like, just gorgeous. It is, it is. In fact, listening to this song the other day, I was like, "Ooh, I would love to kind of like, you know, try this acoustic and, and see and see how it goes." Um, I, I really, there's something about this album, like I could get behind Quartz. I, I just find a lot of these songs boring. Like they just don't take me to places the way that that I have. That being the case, I'm probably because they've been boring me since you know 2000 and whatever. Um, or 2000, I guess. I haven't really no, probably... Yeah, I haven't given them as much of a chance as I probably should have. And I will say, just now, I clicked on This is the 21st Century when we were talking about it. And the first thing I thought of was, this sounds like a precursor to Invisible Man. And 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 so yeah. it's making me think I need, to, I need to spend a little bit more time um, digging into these. Um, I could get behind Quartz... And um, that's 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 the only one I'm prepared. I mean, this is a 21st century. On on the first 30 seconds, I'm like all in, but I really need to go back, <laughs> and think about that, and 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 it with it with a more open mind. Oh wow, Joe, where do you stand on all this? Well, like I said, I've got I've got 21st century quartz and when I meet God. Those are those are my three that I'm going to save from this. Wait, album. slower, one more time. This is the 21st century. Good. Okay. And when I meet God. Oh, so I do need to give that a try. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. Um. Yeah. Yeah. Did you come up with um, eight or nine songs? I had your nine favorites. In, in when it was all said and done, I, I wanted. I wish I had time, but I I got out of work late. I was going to sort of create a playlist and try to create the album and and listen to it. And see if it worked, because again, a lot of the things that draw me, there's there's like too much of of one thing, if you will. So I don't know how it would really work, but right, right, right. Um, my my brain is jumping ahead. I just can't control myself. But I I, I just realized the show. I realized a couple of days ago our Glenside show is available uh, to purchase the board recording. And is it really? And well, the, the the 2004 show, I think I maybe got there late or something, but it was the Marble Show. I met up with you guys. Um, oh, that, that was is magical! A, it's available for download, and it's amazing. We're on the we're on the edge of marbles with this conversation, so I'm just going to kind of touch on it real quick here. But most most of the good stuff from that album, plus this is where. Um, they did Go Live, they did Three Minute Boy Live, they did Waiting yeah. to Happen Live, which is rare oh. for us. Yeah. Um, uh, and I think that's where I finally caught on 
to cover my eyes, pain in heaven. That was uh, an encore before yeah. Easter. That was, he was like standing yeah. on the speakers with a spotlight too. That was crazy yeah. fun. Yep. So, so Ken, is yeah, this on yeah, yeah. Is this on Marillion.com? Yeah, if you, if, if, yeah, I, I suggest that you go to the store and you just use the search engine and you search for either Philadelphia or Keswick or Glenside or, um, I, it, it, they make it difficult to browse, so you want to do a search. And um, the price is in pounds, so I'm not sure, you know, what the exchange rate is these days. But uh, our price, uh, seven pounds outside of Europe, is only five point eight pounds. So, uh, yeah, it's not a lot of money, cool. and I think it's going to be. Yeah, I think, I think, I think, I think. Um, I just want these personally since they sold me on a few of these. Uh, and, yeah. and, 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 and in addition to being uh, Marbles fans, those of you who are um, Brave fans, Living with the Big Lie made this show. Uh, I remember Brave that. Escape made this show. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I, yeah. I, I wish I had, I had better records, if you will, because I've, I've often threatened and, and joked that I need to tally up all of the miles that I've logged to see Marillion. Because, obviously, I never see them in Texas. <laughs> and and I have had... <laughs> I, I can think of at least four, possibly five trips to Philadelphia specifically to see Marillion. But that's neither here nor there. Mm -hmm. And... and you know, so so there there are two two other things that are sort of sitting in my in my head as we sort of wrap this up. And one, you know, we we've, we've danced around the edge of it, you know, all night because I think all of us are very excited to get to the next episode. And and I, I had told Paul that I had cheated this week and I listened to Marbles out of sequence because I I couldn't stop myself. And, you know, I just, I'm so, so excited to talk about that album. And given, given the stretch that we've just covered in these four albums, I don't think there was anything. That come out, you know, just a couple of years after Anarachnophobia. It, it, yeah. It's, it's me. So I, I mean, I th this this could be the the teaser trailer for Marbles, right? I was so disappointed in Marbles that I, or not Marbles, Anar in, in in Anarachnophobia that, that I absolutely refused to pre-order Marbles, and I never, I and, and I only heard <laughs> snippets snippets of what Joe put on mixtapes for me until that show in two thousand and four, and when I saw that show, I was literally blown away. And I bought, I bought it the next day, and I just can't believe it. I, I will say, however, that I'm I am still infinitely confused because of because of that sad state of, of affairs. I, I never purchased the original Marbles. I only have the North American version, and I watched a video of Marbles live, and it completely screwed me up because I was like, "Why are they playing this song? This doesn't go here." Um, so. So I need to make sure that that we're that we're kind of aligned on like what we're listening to when it comes to marbles when we uh, prepare. 
So, so I've already done the sheet for marbles, and I want to say I have, I have track listings for both the two disc original version and the one disc version, so that we can see how they they line up to okay. each other. All um, right, awesome. And, and and you know, again, I I want to hop back before we we go very quickly because there's one thing that's kind of important that we didn't talk about, but but the 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 real funny part of the Marvel story is, you know, we already talked about me and my high horse full of myself kind of garbage, steadfastly refusing to prepay for anarachnophobia. Anarachnophobia came out, there was nothing to suggest that Marvels was going to be what it was, and yet for some reason, I did pre-order Marvels, and in fact early enough that my name's in the book. And, um, you know, yeah. I... I, to, to this day, I have absolutely no discernible reason why I did that. I had, I had no cause to do so, and yet I did, and it was spectacular. Of course, they got me on Happiness is the Road the next time, so, you know, there you I go. Think it's, more, it's more of a crapshoot. But, but the, one thing, <laughs> the one thing that I want to touch on just very, very quickly, because it's, I, I just... I'm sure it would be somewhat entertaining. Paul, you had touched on built-in bastard radar, and we kind of just... Oh, I'm glad you brought that up. Right over that. Because I know that, that always... I remember that having sort of a soft spot in your heart, even though, you know, I, there's just something too cutesy about it that just drives me crazy. But there, at the same time, there are parts of that song that I, you know, over the last two weeks that I'm just like, yeah, I can get into that. So I, I don't know what to do with it, but... I wanted to at least yeah. touch on it, even though it, it didn't make it onto our salvage boat. Yeah, I'll say I'll say this. I think Built-in Bastard Radar is one of it's one of my favorite songs to hate of Marillion because it it is it it like musically I think it's it's just terrific. Like the way the song is crafted from a musical perspective is wonderful. The lyrics are just stupid, and and yet and yet even even with the lyrics being stupid, they they're done in in like a they're they're crafted pretty well. Like the song yeah. goes somewhere that there's an end where it says "Thank God for built-in bastard radar," um, but it's just like again, it's like someone didn't someone say, "Dude, could you like redo those lyrics? They they're terrible." <laughs> Apparently not. That's the beauty of doing your own thing, I guess. But maybe they just really liked. I mean, because built-in bastard radar is a pretty fun phrase to say. So maybe they just like that. But yeah, and and but, I, you know, I have to think because there there seems to be a certain playfulness, if you will, about Hogarth. So I wouldn't at all be surprised if you know if Helmer came to him with this, or he just. You know, I don't know how those two interact. You know, if he's just paging through Helmer's notebook and says, "Oh, built-in bastard radar, this is awesome." I, you know, I, <laughs> I, I don't know. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's great. So I, so I just wanted to touch on that quickly. Yeah. So um, I don't know how to share uh, Spotify stuff with you guys. So, um, oh, oh, so you know, apparently you've, 
Apparently you found me, but but I see nothing of you when I browse my account. Yeah, so that's so okay. So what I'm your doing, screen name? I actually posted. So I'm just on as Paul Zotter through Facebook. Um, so what I did is I just posted it to Facebook, which is cool because it posted it privately. And I'm just oh, cool. gonna I'm just going to um, share it with you guys, which I think it will just so you guys will just um, see it. Um, and I just, I just called it, I just called it salvage.com. Um, <laughs> and I, and I, and I included only the seven songs where it seemed like we all agreed on. So I included go man of a thousand faces under the sun, three minute boy, Estonia courts and 21st. This is the 21st century. So just those seven songs I've got on there. So um, I can't wait to check it out. We, there's one, two, three, four, five. There's there's five songs. Well, we should all just listen to dot com again, just to to because we it seems like something on that album hit everybody differently. It's pretty cool. Either that or you know the trend. It, the it, transitions it, in Rich. Yeah, you can bust on the transitions in Strange Engine, but but Rich starts kind of big and then it gets a little wonky, and they lost me at the transition. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. All right, I'm gonna have to put a pin in this one. I've got to go uh, put some slides together. Cause, oh, uh, excellent. Yeah, it'll be it'll be swell. I should have done it, you know, before all of this, but you know how life happens. But uh, this was this was another stellar episode, and so I guess two weeks from now we're on schedule to talk about marbles, um, unless we wanted to do, you know, to to change the schedule but i do think you know let's let's plan on doing marbles by themselves or by itself and then we can do the rest um you know at some other date i like it i like okay. it I, if if you guys need listening beyond marbles i challenge you to uh pay for that um show just search for philadelphia in the keyword section of the website Challenge accepted. Okay. Sweet. Cool. Nice. All right. Gentlemen, All right. thank you so much. This Cheers, is, gentlemen. Uh, this is fantastic. All right, guys. Have a great night. Later. Bye. We certainly thank you for listening to this episode of Progressive Palaver. We hope you have enjoyed it. Progressive Palaver is available, obviously, on Google Play and iTunes. You can also reach us directly if you have thoughts, comments, concerns, whatever you'd like to share with us. Um, we're available on uh, Facebook at Progressive Palaver, Instagram at Progressive Palaver, and we have an email account, progpala, P-R-O-G-P-A-L-A, at gmail.com. We certainly would uh, would look forward to having any input that you might want to provide and, uh, you know, sort of liven up the conversation a little bit. So we, uh, again, we hope you've enjoyed this episode. We look forward to the next episode when we will be discussing the masterpiece that is Marillion's Marbles. <laughs>